Good morning, everybody. Once I get the uh, sound mix right, maybe we can get this show on the road. Happy, uh, happy Friday. It's a, uh, it's a religion is on the air. This is Ehud, son of Dennis, coming to you live from the Middle West of the divided states of America into the Republic for which they stand. Two nations under God, quite divided with liberty and justice for some. For those that uh, have a connection that um, allows them to skirt reality, allows them to skirt justice, true justice. True justice is justice. Um, And just like we have all skirted the reality of justice that God should bring down upon us for our sinful natures, um, we have been given a reprieve. We have been given new hope, new life. And that was in the form of Jesus Christ and still is. When he came and died for our sins and rose again. And then the more you read about him and read from the Bible, the word of God, that uh, he actually created everything in the first place and allowed Adam and Eve a choice to follow him and listen to him or uh, choose their own way, which they did, which we all know and have read about. And somehow that is supposed to be a fable, even though we have, apparently that has been handed down over generations and was written down for our benefit. Um, But the greater reality, we're told, is that uh, millions of years in soup is is what we should believe in. That somehow all the intricate detail that we see in creation came to us by random chance actions over millions and millions of years. And uh, it's laughable. It really is. Much like the um, COVID lockdown protocols from our wondrous governments and government institutions um, with their power grabs over this last couple of years uh, have been laughable. Here we are two years later. We're still dealing with the same stuff. And yet you look at places where they haven't locked everybody down and it's really been no different. And so I just... um, it's really, really an interesting, uh, you know, we can learn a lot from what's gone on. But the problem is we're not going to be told the truth. And that's, you know, there's a, a consistent and persistent effort going on here that uh, is, has been put in place by the powers that be. And mostly on one side of the aisle, you have Democrats and what I call rhino Republicans, and everybody, a lot of folks have heard that term. Many of whom I would encourage you that really don't believe in the one true God, that may profess that for political purposes, but their actions speak differently. And some may be duped into thinking, you know, may actually truly believe in the Lord God and Jesus Christ, his son and uh, are misrepresenting God's word and that they think the government should be taking care of everybody. When in reality, that is very far from the truth in God's word. God doesn't say that. He's like, you need to, you know, even back in the garden, he's told Adam, get out and you're going to have to deal with it. You're going to have to go till the ground and and deal with the weeds and stuff that comes up uh, along with your your good stuff. But that's the life that we live now. That's the, the 
life that we are in. And, you know, we're going through the, the true history of the world, Genesis, where it starts in the book of Genesis in the Bible, uh, hearing about creation and God speaking into existence, ex nihilo, from nothing. Um, all of the things that we see and, and the intelligence behind God has just got to be unbelievable. When you look at just the human genome and the fact that that, that program sequence that allows us to live, that, that tells our cells what to do and, and uh, how it replicates us, how it, it builds us up. You know, that is what they should be studying, not, oh, 600 million years ago, we had this soup, and uh, there's this, uh, just happened that this protein did this, and, you know, it's it's really, when you get down to brass tacks, it's pathetic, and the guys in the white coats have no clue. So, in the book of Genesis, we've been through the first 20 chapters, we're going to get into chapter 21 here, I'm going to read through that, and we'll comment along the way and then we'll take a look at today's some of today's headlines and we'd like to comment uh again from the standpoint of faith and what we see going on in the world today um you know maybe just a different view of how you might think about things uh, versus some of the other commentary you're going to get out there that it's from a secular humanist standpoint and the lord visited sarah as he had said, and the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age, and set the time of which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son that was born unto him, whose who Sarah bare him, Isaac. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac, being eight days old, and God as God has commanded him. And Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born unto him. Isn't that crazy? So people lived a little bit longer back then. And Sarah said, God has made me to laugh, so that all that Sarah will laugh, so all that here will laugh with me. And she said, Who would have said unto Abraham that Sarah should have given children uh, suck? For I have borne him a son in his old age. And the child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast the same day that Isaac was weaned. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, which she had borne unto Abraham, mocking. Wherefore, she said unto Abraham, Cast out this bondwoman and her son, for the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, even with Isaac. And the thing was very grievous in Abraham's sight because of his son. And God said unto Abraham, Let it not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad, and because of thy bondwoman, and all that Sarah has said unto thee, hearken unto her voice, for Isaac shall thy seed be called." So again, God had this plan to bring the line of Christ through Isaac. It wasn't going to happen through Ishmael. And we see what happens when we go our own way. When we, uh, um, when we um, do things in our own volition, they don't work out the way that we expect them to. Good morning, son. Good morning, Dad. You want to say hi? Hello, people. And also, the son of the bondwoman... Will I make a nation, because he is thy seed? And Abraham rose up early in the morning, and took bread and a bottle of water, and gave it unto Hagar, putting it on her shoulder, and the child, and sent her away. And she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. And the water was spent in the bottle, and she cast the child under one of the shrubs. And 
She went and sat her down over against him a good way off, as it were, a bow shop, for she said, Let me not see the death of the child. And she sat over against him and lifted up her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the lad. And the angel of God called to Hagar out of heaven and said unto her, What aileth thee, Hagar? Fear not, for God has heard thy voice. And, and of the lad where he is, arise, lift up the lad and hold him in thine hand, for I will make him a great nation. And God opened her eyes and saw a well of water, and she went and filled the bottle with water and gave the lad drink. And God was with the lad, and he grew and dwelt in the wilderness and became an archer. And he dwelt in the wilderness of Paran, and his mother took him a wife out of the land of Egypt. And it came to pass, so this is you know where a lot of the Arab nation comes from, is from Ishmael. And it came to pass at that time that Abimelech and Phicol, the chief captain and his host, uh, spake unto Aram, saying, God is with thee in all that thou doest. So now, therefore, swear unto me by God that thou wilt not deal falsely. So Ab Abraham and Abimelech here make a deal, and Abraham gives him sheep and oxen. And I'm not going to go through this word for word because we got to start moving through the Bible a little bit in the Old Testament to get. I want to cover the New Testament this year completely. Um, so it just finishes up in this chapter, and Abraham sojourned in the Philistines' land many days. So Abraham is in the land of the Philistines, which is in the land of Canaan which eventually uh, is going to be his according to God's promise, just like uh, his son Isaac is there according to his promise. So very good stuff. And again, it's a historical fact. I don't, you know, this stuff, when somebody comes to you and says, well, you know, that the Bible is just a, a fantasy. And I, and I just want to ask them, well, uh, prove it. How do you know that? Well, we've proven the earth's millions of years old and the Bible doesn't. Well, no, you haven't. You haven't proven any such thing. Can you go back, you know, two million years in, in some historical writing document and say, no, because the oldest written document they have is supposedly around 5,000 years old, which fits the Bible timeline. And again, it's, it's a case of two religions. You have one religion that says, hey, the Bible's right and true, and we're going to trust in that. You know, and it's obvious with all the, uh, again, going back to creation and what it says in, in the book of Romans, it's obvious that, that someone had to create all this, had to put their stamp on it, just like most of the things that we use. You know, when you sit there and talk on your iPad or like I'm doing right now, an iPad didn't come out of the out of nowhere. It was designed. It was uh, put together. It was built and then shipped and then bought. And, uh, you know, so one of the ways in which we see these two religions at work is in the uh, concept of evolution. No, in the concept of abortion. And you have one side that, that says, look, equity begins in the womb. Tens of thousands of pro-lifers prepare to defend the unborn in Washington. So there's a pro-life march this weekend. And... Uh, you know, you have the idea on one side that God created everything with purpose and intent, that life is uh, special, that it's something to be cherished. And even in our Constitution, it says you should not, you know, in the pursuit of life, liberty, and happiness. Well, life is the first thing in that line. And yet half our country supposedly would not give that unborn child that life a chance to exist and 
it's a really sad state of affairs, in, in my view, that enough people have put their faith and trust in things like evolution and secular humanism and the idea that this is all random chance and what's the big deal? You know, the baby isn't even born yet or the fetus because they can't call it a baby because then more people would would side with people on the Christian worldview side of it. Um, but, you know, life either begins at conception or it doesn't. You can't say, well, just it, it has to be able to survive on its own. Well, no baby can survive on its own. It needs help and, and somebody to feed it, um, things like that, until it's old enough to do it on its own. So that's an anathema. That argument doesn't make any sense. And it's just like theistic evolution. It makes no sense. So either... Either the human being, regardless of where he or she exists, whether she's in or he is in the mother's womb still, you know, the mother was responsible enough to do what it took to create that human life. So I don't believe it's unreasonable to expect that them to be responsible enough to bring that life into the world. And then we have to figure out how to take care of these extra people because they kill, you know, millions of people every year through that process and it's a sad sad state that in our supposedly advanced country um that we have the same uh we have that attitude prevailing that it's okay to do that and you know some people say it's compassionate because some of these children will be born into the most heinous circumstances but you don't know you don't know what can happen with a child you know you can't predict history you don't know what tomorrow's going to bring so here's another one i back a trump testimony saw it you know this january 6th committee i think is, is hopefully more and more people are seeing it as a big joke it's a democrat power grab again trying to cast the the thing that happened in january 6th last year as a some sort of planned uh insurrection and it's a joke i mean this thing was fostered and sponsored by nancy pelosi when trump offered to give them national guard troops and she turned it down i mean right there right there you should say wait a minute something doesn't smell right here you know i think she wanted that to happen i think there were democrats that wanted people to come into the capitol so they could do just what they're doing they could cast this whole thing as some big insurrection that was Really, in actuality, uh, you know, most of these people walked around the Capitol and did nothing. Yeah, there were a couple lame brains that, that uh, did some things that they shouldn't have. But even Babbitt, when you look at some of the videos that, that she was trying to get people to stop and not do the things that they were doing. And for that guy to shoot her in cold blood like that and not take a penalty, if he wasn't a black guy and it would have been a black kid that was in there and a white person shooting them. I'm sure somebody would have made a big deal out of that. So, but you know, again, you've got people behind this that are, are about their own power, their own influence, their own, uh, you know, they want to live and foster on a bed of lies that try and create a paradigm or a, uh, a narrative, if you will, that people will believe. And you have two sides of the equation. Again, you know, one side, there's truth. There's a objective reality of things. The Bible, God created, we are here. Um, you know, Trump, in my view, did a good job as president. 
Uh, he did nothing to try and foster or sponsor this insurrection, supposed insurrection. And on the other side, you've got them claiming things that they want people to believe that are not true. Uh, you know, how many years did we hear about Russia? And that turned out to be a big, fat lie. Um, two impeachments they took the guy through on nothing, on basically nothing, to try and get him out. They just they can't stand Trump because, A, he's not able to be influenced by them, and B, you know, the ruling class in this country has gotten way out of hand. And again, they don't put faith and trust, I don't believe, in Christ and being truthful and being people of integrity. They put faith and trust in their own power and ability to, to um, subject others to that power and authority. And that's the difference, guys, between faith and um, serving others in, in Christ and um, the devil and his ilk want you to serve them. He wants power over everybody's lives. So there's just it it it's good in the sense that uh, lately you see more and more stories come out about Biden and how he's not doing so well in the polls and and things and he's got himself to blame for it. I mean. He's not the true president in the first place. I think more and more people are waking up to that reality as as they analyze more and more of the 2020 election, which is just sad, you know, because I, I fear it's going to be repeated in a lot of ways coming up because they haven't really done anything to fix a lot of this stuff. And for people to come out and say that that ideas, I mean, it's just it, it's phenomenal to me that that people will come out and say, you know, stuff like having an ID to vote is racist somehow. I just laugh. I, I think most people get the, that, that that is laughable. You know, you need an ID to do a lot of things. Try getting on a plane without an ID. Uh, you know, so it must be racist to fly a plane. It's just a joke. And But see, that's what, when you have sub, subjective truth as reality, that's what happens. You know, you have to create narratives around things and trying to get try to get people to believe them instead of, hey, this is the truth over here. This is, you know, the truth is um, forcing someone to show an ID and proving who they are and where they're from and that they actually live where they live will help keep our integrity and integrity in our elections. And, you know, it has nothing to do with voting rights. Nobody is ever going to say that somebody doesn't have a right to vote that, that if they truly have a right to vote. But illegal aliens shouldn't be able to vote. Dead people shouldn't be able to vote. I mean, again, are you living under objective truth or are you living a subjective uh, unreality, I would like to call it. So with that, I think I'm going to call it a show today. I'm going to try and keep these uh, brief going forward, let people get back to their lives. But we really would like to encourage you in your faith today. Um, you know, no matter how bad the economy ever gets or how bad... Uh, things get in reality uh, because of the enemy and the one uh, that is trying to subvert the will of God. Uh, Jesus knows. He's still on the throne, folks. So if you put faith and trust in him, he will guide your path. And we have to do just that. So have a blessed day, and we will uh, we'll catch you tomorrow. Thank you.
you, Lord, for the small things like me and her on a porch swing, for summer nights and fireflies and the sound of my old six string. Blessings on blessings on blessings on blessings. If I still got breath in these lungs, then that's all I need to get down on my knees and be thankful for all that he's done for my mama, for my friends, for your love that never ends, for the songs that make. 